So then I was like, man, what price point do I got to be at for people to listen? <laughs> to listen. Yeah. Use it. And, and it was like 1400 bucks, like for real. Uh, well, then I was like, wow, like people are listening because they're like investing. They're literally investing in themselves. And that's when mm -hmm. I started seeing like results. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, thanks for joining us back on Building Great Sales Teams. And I've got an awesome one for you today. This is somebody that I look up to, at least physically, for sure. And as a real estate investor, this is Travis Wells. He's an oil and gas VP, real estate broker and investor, and a plant-based nutrition coach. I've got a ton of questions, but first off, welcome to the show, Travis. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I know uh, yeah. last time we were going to connect, didn't work out, so I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Been uh, looking forward to getting you on the show. Uh, but first of all, first off, let's go over the the elephant in the room here. Travis Wells and you work in oil and gas. How does that go over out in the field? <laughs> Dude, it works out pretty good. Everybody's always like, oh, you work in oil and gas and uh, wells and wells. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. just got you just got back from uh, a PJ trip with uh, Stuman and the gang. Uh, was that your first one? Yeah, man, it was awesome. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a good time with the Salt Lake City. Got to uh mastermind on the plane with Stuman and and a bunch mm -hmm. of great folks. And uh I'll definitely be doing that again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've been on a few of them, right? And the first one I went on was easily the most impactful. That's when I decided I was gonna become a consultant, right? Um but I've I've seen some of them and you see who's like what the event is and who's who's around and you guys freaking lucked out at this one. Y'all had a private event at uh what was his name? The is it the machine? What's his name? Uh the muscle. The muscle. The muscle. Yeah. There you go. What was that like? That, that that the pictures looked amazing. Dude, it was awesome. So yeah, we did luck out. So the event was amazing. I'm I'm not the kind of guy that likes to just sit in those things, you know, usually, but man, the whole time. I don't know what you're saying. So I was like on the edge of my seat. You had Rob Bailey. He's already like high energy and he's hosting this thing. And then, uh, you know, there was a event the night before that we flew into and there was a bunch of like Flex Lewis was there and there's a bunch of big names <laughs> there. Like I was like, I was like a little kid. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. And then there was another event. Uh, Ed Milet and some other people were there. It was just it was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was pretty crazy seeing those pictures and the, you know, I think Sean Whalen was out there in the backyard and near the fire pit and everything. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Baden went with you guys. That's my boy right there. Ever since he came in, Ryan tossed him over to me and was like, hey, Kenny wants to do some stuff in solar, talk to him. And me and him just clicked after that. So, but anyways, uh, no, nah, it looked great, man. Um, did you ever think that someday you were going to be jumping in a private jet and, you know, masterminding with millionaires and then showing up at the, you know, the muscles house and beautiful house overlooking, I'm sure the whole city. Hey, no, man. I, uh, you know, I kind of had taught myself into doing it to be honest with you mm -hmm. because I saw the opportunity and I was like, something was just nudging me to do it. And I said, screw it. Cause it's not cheap to do that stuff, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, I'm like, man, I'm already kind of liking what I'm doing, like, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. And then it's something kept nudging me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go screw it. And, dude, it was like one of the best things I did, really. I know that he uh, goes to Coaching Con every year, too. Are you going to Are you gonna go to Coaching Con? Are you going to jump on that PJ trip? Um, I know that they're – I don't know if I'm going on that one, but I think in March, whenever they go, if that's the one, I'm not sure. In March, I'm going to jump on one for sure. Gotcha. February is kind of slammed. It's a lot of energy, right? To do yeah. the whole like three days, like you're cooking. wiped after. <laughs> it's gonna be like three days to recharge. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah. they are they're they're a lot of fun, and you just I think they stretch your imagination a little bit into what's possible, or maybe you've known it the whole time, just seeing it again kind of reaffirms kind of what you're after, you know. And yeah. so those were all. At the end of the day, they're all high-level coaches, right? Yep. And so I imagine that was pretty pretty eye-opening for you. Well, it's cool because you see this stuff all the time. You open your social media. You see, like, positive quotes. You see people saying this and that. But mm-hmm. when you see it at that caliber, and, like, it's just a whole different ballgame, you know? And then you sit down and talk with these folks. Yeah. You know, they're living it. And it's not as – hard as you think it is right because they're like man it's just like just do it right just do it mm-hmm. so it's just cool yeah it's cool i think it's cool just to subject yourself to just to keep your yeah. mind right really mm-hmm. well i think we like we put these people on a pedestal and think oh they're super smart genius talented all this stuff and then you you show up and you have a conversation with them and they're like no i just got up every day did the same damn thing and did it consistently for 10 years and here i am It's like, oh, shit, like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? When was the last time I did anything consistently for 10 days? You know what I mean? And so coming from, you know, where I did, discipline wasn't part of my daily routine. I imagine for you it is, you know what I'm saying, being a competitor in uh, bodybuilding or um, men's fitness, that's going to be obviously a big part of what you do. You're probably a disciplined dude. And so the fact that you you weren't crazy about spending that kind of money, you know what I mean, alludes to that you know it's like hey i need to be a good steward of this money right and that's probably why you're in real estate i imagine yeah for sure and you know another reason i wanted to go to that event is i've never i mean i have a local mastermind in san antonio Mm -hmm. with some really successful dudes and i love it we get a lot out of it um but i've never joined anything uh like stuman has like apex and stuff and and I really, I was sold because of the process and, you know, the machine and doing all that stuff. But I said, Mm -hmm. man, I want to go on this trip and see what it's all about uh, at a higher level and kind of see if there's any other groups or anything else I need to be doing. So that's what I really Mm -hmm. did. Absolutely. So when did your, I guess, development journey begin? Because that's honestly, that's why I wanted to have you on. I recognize that you were someone that is deep in that right now and, you know, always relating back to building great sales teams. That's a big part of it is great leaders build great teams. So what got you into that development journey? When did you say, Hey, there's something more that I need to do here? Yeah. So most people that do well or on their way to doing well or successful, whatever, have some sort of story. Um, I have mine as well. We could go on forever about that, but to condense it, um, you know, uh, moved from North Carolina to Texas when I was a kid because my dad went to prison. 
saw my mom hustling. So uh, she was doing banking, mortgage. So I was always surrounded around those kind of numbers, learning that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward, had a bad accident while I was doing construction. Uh, Party days, decided I probably probably shouldn't be partying that much anymore. I needed to focus. Got Mm -hmm. kicked out of college, sucked at that, you know, just hated school. Ended up in the oil and gas industry. I was driving a truck uh, and what I really liked about it was they were like, Hey man, you can work as many hours as you want. So there's no, like, as long as you can stay awake and work, you can make as much money as you want. I'm like, I'm there. Right. Um, so doing that, I just kept evolving. I was like, well, how do I get better? Well, how do I get from driving trucks to doing better? And then I worked my way up to engineering, uh, to their engineering school, did that. I was an explosives Mm -hmm. engineer. And then, uh, I'm the vice president of that company now, but that whole time I was buying real estate because I didn't know what to do with the money that I was making. Yeah. It was good money, right? Yeah. So I was just like, I'll buy real estate and uh, ended up getting my license while I was in the field, my real estate license and broker's license a couple years ago. So yeah, man, I guess my development journey started, I would say probably like 12 years ago. You know, I was like, man, I got to work on me to mm-hmm. become the better version of me mm-hmm. and you just meet those those folks that inspire you along the way and uh you know every person i've ever met that was a mentor i i ended up working up to their level i feel right and then mm-hmm. i'd have to reach and find uh somebody that was another mentor that was at another level and yeah. i think that's that's really what it's about right these levels these types of people you gotta you gotta be to be that next type of person mm-hmm. A hundred percent. So, you know, when I first, when I did my first hundred thousand, 200,000, 300,000, my, the first thought in my head was, wasn't, you know, Oh, I am making this kind of money. I need to invest it. You know what I'm saying? So was there someone that kind of steered you in that direction, in the right direction? I know you had the accident young. So that kind of like whipped you into shape a little bit for me. It was my divorce that whipped me into shape. Right. Yeah. And so, what was that kind of catalyst that said, Hey, you need to do something smart with this? I've never been really a material person. Mm-hmm. Like I own like two pairs of shoes, the same shirts. Like, you know, uh, I'm an executive in oil and gas and my, uh, uh, CEO is like, bro, maybe you should like get some like suit or something nice. You know, <laughs> like, hey. you know I'm like, yeah, I just yeah. don't like it. You know, I just, we're cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think it's just because I didn't really want the material things. I just had like a like an internal drive to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just chasing more and more like, you know, everybody's got a drive to do for whatever reason. Uh, mine was really so I don't have to worry, you know. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, you know, you're working your butt in the ground. You're like, man, like what if something unforeseen were to happen one day? Like how could I get residual income? There's a million ways, right? There's so many well i the way i grew up my granddad was a like old school landlord like spoke like several languages and like rode around a beat up car so nobody knew he's like collecting nice. you know and and so i was yeah. subjected to that in early age i think that was like a subconscious seed in my head i was like man this dude's like collecting cash for these like little houses you know yeah. And boom, as soon as I started making like any kind of money, I was like, man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have those houses. That way I could get cash, you know. A hundred percent. 
full disclosure, that's not as easy as it sounds. Like everybody's like, oh, I'm real estate, <laughs> I'm going to be rich. Real estate. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like now it's Airbnbs, right? 10 years ago, it was flips. You know what I mean? And, you know, now in, in our circles, it's more like, okay, how many doors do you have? You know, apartment complexes or fourplexes or, you know what I mean? These townhome communities, you know, some of the, the or one of the real estate syndications I'm in is a, is a massive like townhome community, you know, yeah. just kind of like a hybrid between apartments and houses. Right. And so, um, but again, I'm not the expert in that. <laughs> and so I'm just giving them the cash to fund it and then you know, get my check every quarter and I'm happy as hell doing that. Whereas like last year I was new to the investment game and I was like, you know, trying all this different stuff out and I learned real quick. I mean, for me, it's in real estate cause it's passive, you know, everything else was like, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you know, or you gotta educate yourself and you gotta like day trade or trade monthly or something like that. And I'm just like, man, I get so deep in with my clients, nothing else really matters. You know what I mean? So yeah. The idea that I'm going to juggle all these investments is just ridiculous. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely tell you, man. Yeah, it was funny you said the number of doors because when I came into our circle, I was mm -hmm. like, man, I got a lot of real estate. And they're like, how much you got? I was like, I got 60 doors. And they're like, okay, like these dudes got like 2,000. I was like, oh, God. Dude, you, yeah. were, on, you were on a plane with Brandon Brittingham. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got a lot of doors. And he's just like, bro. <laughs> But I know, we hit it off. Me and him hit it off good. So he's a good dude. Uh, yeah. So His syndication is one of the ones I'm in. And dude has not missed a check. And he's over-delivered the whole way. It's been awesome. So no, I definitely recommend recommend his uh, his fund. I think it's MD&E fund or something like that. Yeah. I learned a lot in a very short time with that dude uh, on that plane. And while we were there, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, man, I've never wanted to do a syndication of my own. Cause I'm good at finding deals, right? And yeah. I, was like, I don't want to have all these bosses, like people that uh -huh. I can answer to. He's like, bro, what do you got to answer to anybody for if you're paying them checks yeah. when, they, when they're due? And I'm like, I guess she got a point, you know? Well, and also like, I mean, he, he may have said this, but you can pick who you do business with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I literally have talked to Brandon once about it. And it was me thanking him for the check that I got. Cause I got it the day before I went to a fly on Friday and he was there. Yeah. I was like, Hey, thanks for the check, man. <laughs> that was it. That's yeah. all he, he, he got from me. You know what I'm saying? So you choose who you do business with and then you don't have bosses, you have investors and then ones that have tempered expectations, you know, or, or, or savvy, which I'm not one of those, but I'm around enough of them to understand like, all right, yeah. this thing's going to have ups and downs, but overall, you know, he's bringing 12 to 13% annually and that's all I can ask for. Yeah. That's like, what awesome. else can you ask for? You know? Yeah. And so especially passive. I mean, yeah, completely. So no, a hundred percent. Okay. So you're one of the most ripped motherfuckers I know. Okay. <laughs> and you're doing it plant-based or you're coaching plant-based. I'm assuming you're doing it plant-based too. Yeah. I went plant-based for six months I don't understand. How are you getting enough protein to sustain, especially at the, like with the workouts you're doing and everything? Yeah, man. So, uh, when I first went plant-based dude, I was 130 pounds. I was like eating lettuce. Right. Cause mm -hmm. like when I set my mind to something and I know a lot of people are going late that are in our circles. Cause you're just like tunnel vision. I was like, I'm going plant-based. That was it. It's like next day. 
and just dropped like all kinds of weight. I got pictures I got to send you one day, but I was like skinny as crap. I ended up hiring uh, the first IFFB pro, IFBB pro or whatever, uh, that was vegan. I got in his group and he trained us all how to, how to build muscle on a vegan diet. And I say it's easy, but that's because I've been doing it forever. So it's not. If you don't know and you're like, oh, I'm just going to eat like veggies that don't work. Yeah. Like my macros are like 600 carbs, like 300 grams of protein. Like, you know, I, that was my thing. I had to eat so many carbs to get protein. It was insane. <laughs> I was just like, I feel so bloated. You know what I mean? But yeah, go ahead, educate us on that. So when people go plant based from being non plant based, it's like when you change any diet, you're going to be kind of like if there's a transition period. But after that transition, it shouldn't be very long. But after that, that's what any diet change after that transition period. You know, if you're getting like too much fiber, too, right, which yeah. beans, like all the veggies, all that, they all have fiber, which you need a lot of fiber. But if you're like overdoing it for your body, you'd be bloated. Right. So yeah. everybody's got this. You know, I always call it like uh, gym gimmicks because it's always like, oh, eat this yeah. or do this and you're going to be ripped. Yeah. We're all different. Like yeah. you probably know people that don't have to do anything and they're just ripped or they, they can eat their donut. We're all different. So. Well, I've got I've got some of those genetics, right? I've always had large shoulders. You know what I mean? I've always had kind of a, a broad, you know, up here, it's always looked good. It's down here is like shows my eating habits, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. But I've always been like a stockier dude. And I've always appreciated that about my genetics that, you know, I didn't, even though I wasn't working out for maybe like six months at a time, I didn't lose it, you know? Yeah. So I definitely recognize that for sure. Yeah. And it's just, uh, to be at a certain level, it's eating the same things every day. Once you figure out your body, right. So Mm -hmm. like on a plant-based diet, my meals are like, I might eat like seven meals a day and they're big meals. And it's like, yeah, like big, cause I'm eating 4,500 calories a day. You know? Oh my gosh. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. So uh lentil pasta, lentils, any kind of bean you could think of, uh, two veggies with every meal, tofu and tempeh. That's that's my jam. That's it. That's, it. that's what I yeah. eat every single day. That do not vary, do not change. When we went to dinner that night, I ordered mm-hmm. a salad just so I could be social, right? Yeah. But uh yeah, everything's weighed and measured, man, calculated. Gotcha. So like you ate before and then you ate after type deal. Gotcha. Yeah, I ate like 1200 calories before. And then when I got yeah. home, I ate again, but I, you know, if you go to a social setting, you want to just sit there and look at everybody. Mm-hmm. So just to eat, I'll grab a salad, you know, and maybe just yeah. get some lettuce or something while I'm there. So I look like I'm socializing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, uh, that's probably my last frontier to conquer is my diet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm just such a, you know, and I know everybody says this, right? But like, I am a foodie. I love traveling because I get to try different yeah. cuisines, different cities and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so one of the things I recognized is, all right, you know, I have some deficiencies in these areas of discipline, you know, whether it's getting up early, working out daily, running is another one, cardio, right? And then diet. And that's kind of like my last frontier. I feel like I've, I'm, conquering the other three for the most part but the the diet is my last frontier so what do you what advice do you have to the guys like me that you know we don't look overweight you know what i'm saying like we have a good build you know what i'm yeah. saying we kind of have that like you know 
yeah, I'm just flat, right? It's not, you know, and so like we can still get away with looking good, but it's like if we really want to go further with it, you know what I'm saying? We got to dial that stuff in, right? Yeah, so man, what I always try to do with clients is I believe in intuitive eating, but you have to count macros to get to that level, in my opinion, right? I've talked to a lot of intuitive eating coaches and stuff like that. And they're like, no, you just eat intuitive. I agree, but you don't Break, know how to that down for us. I don't know what intuitive eating is. Sorry. Intuitive eating is say that when you're hungry, you eat, okay. right? So you eat when you're hungry and you don't worry about counting. You don't worry about tracking. That looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, intuitively, when you're going down the grocery store aisle, like there's cookies, there's chips, there's this or that. So like to me, you have, to have some insane discipline. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, you got to build the discipline before you can stop measuring, counting and tracking. To where it's 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 an established habit. And now it's just how you do things, how you. Right. Live, and, right? Yeah. And you your body, your taste buds, everything transform. Like so right now um you know there's certain foods everybody likes you crave you like you'll eat right now it's gonna be bomb but like you eat you find what foods work with your body and like give you good energy good clarity all the all the stuff and you eat that for a few months you're gonna start like craving those foods it sounds dumb you're like hey crave like yeah, it it makes sense it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense it's the same way when you start working out every morning yep. and your body wakes wakes uh wakes you up on its own you know yep. what i mean or like you feel sluggish all day because you didn't work out that morning and you just yeah. miss that like resistance, you know what I'm saying? Like you're craving it. No, a hundred percent. It makes, it makes total sense. I know uh, one of my friends, uh, he's Adam Lyons trainer, uh, yeah. Linnell Beckles. And so what he does with his clients is they do a, a micro microbiome test of the gut or something yeah. like that. And that kind of tells them, okay, what food is good for your body versus just prescribing this, you know, basic nutrition plan. And so I, I've kind of got some, not insight, but uh, uh, exposure to the the fact that there is no templated nutrition plan, or it's not really low carb for everybody or, you know, plant-based for everybody. You know what I mean? Like you've got to do that research on your own body, right? Yeah. Like that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's so important that you said that is like, mm -hmm. we're all different. You can't mm -hmm. just this is how it is. That's not accurate, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Um, and then also people hate the word in the, in fitness industry, cheat meals, um, mm -hmm. refeed meals, whatever you want to call them, call yeah. it what it is. Yeah. I'm a big believer in having a couple of them a week, like eat what you want, a like twice a week for two meals. If you're, yeah. if you're hitting your, your macros, like a hundred percent, like, uh -huh. It's not gonna hurt you, and it's good for your, your like your mental health and everything. Go out, eat whatever the heck, have a great meal. Hey, if the Rock does it, then I should be able to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he does it, and he does it because he's a hundred, right? He's a hundred yeah. all the time. He knows, and yeah. like people at his level, they know like this ain't gonna hurt me. It's only gonna help me, really. Yeah, it's kind of stretching the, kind of stretching what your body will process and. You know what I mean? Stretching. I don't know. It's just that, that that's how it looks to me. Like you're you're breaking down the body a little bit to make it come back stronger. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I eat these types of things or whatever the case is. It's it's always so watch his videos and stuff like that. Dude's an entertainer.
I've got a client that's been with me for a while and people are like, how does he eat the same thing? This dude stays at like 8% body fat. He doesn't track his macros and he didn't start that way, but we figured out a meal that he could eat all the time and he does not care. He always just eats that meal. It's like, I think it's like his is like lentils. He's, he wasn't vegan or anything before. Yeah. Lentils, tofu, broccoli, and like yeah. two cups of spinach. And he mm-hmm. makes like this Tupperware for like the week because he's a super busy dude. Yeah. And that's all he eats with like two shakes. And and the dude just stays ripped. He doesn't think about his food, so he loves it. Yeah, that's 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 what I'd like to get to. But I've got to invest in, you know what I mean, the the you know, one of the things I've been looking at is like the icon meals and stuff like that, because I think if I spend money on it, then I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Versus I'm getting to the office at, you know eight o'clock or something like that. And I haven't eaten breakfast yet and work starts and all of a sudden it's 1130 and I'm starving. And there I go to DoorDash, you know what I mean? And probably eating something that's just not good for me. What is a, what does a cheat meal look like for you being plant-based? You trip out if you saw how much it was, but it's usually like, like a double meat vegan burger, um, okay. or like, um, a huge thing of fries with like vegan asada and cheese all over it, vegan cheese, and, <laughs> that, and a stack of pancakes. That's uh-huh. usually my whole cheat meal. No, that's fantastic. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, I've had some damn good vegetarian burgers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I've ordered some from certain places. Uh, I can't remember. There's a place here in San Antonio off St. Mary's. It's, it's a burger joint. I can't remember the name of it, but they have a badass vegetarian burger. Like it's delicious, you know. Awesome. Yeah, so, so obviously, you know, this is just kind of a natural progression that typically happens, right? You, you know, you start working out, you get that discipline, you get crazy rib, you start competing, and then all of a sudden you're coaching, you know. But I've seen it happen from a place of need, right? So you're in the oil and gas industry. You know what I mean? You're, uh, you have 60 doors in real estate. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not coming from a place of the need of money. You know what I mean? So why coaching? What inspired that? So at some point you, I say you in general, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of want to give back, right? Because I've had a lot of good mentors. I've hired a lot of good coaches Mm -hmm. and fitness is like, it's like with anything, once you get good at something or you keep getting better at something, it's easy for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to break these things down for folks easily and and help them achieve these things. Cause like, there's nobody that I know that if you asked would say they didn't want to be ripped. Right. Nobody. I can't think of anybody. And, And, right. So, and, and I get DMS all the time before I started coaching, I was always just giving advice, giving advice. Nobody would ever follow it. And I was like, well, you know what? I better, like you said earlier, well, maybe if they pay for it, they'll listen. Yeah. And so I was like charging like 300 bucks. I was like, what do I charge? 300 bucks. Yeah. And then so people, oh, I'm your client, this and that, never listen. So then I was like, man, what price point do I got to be at for people to listen? <laughs> to listen. Yeah. Use it. And, and it was like 1400 bucks, like for real. Uh-huh. Well, then I was like, wow, like people are listening because they're like investing. They're literally investing in themselves. And that's mm-hmm. when I started seeing like results so yeah it's not money based right it's just like how can i get like the most optimal result out of people like Uh they're wasting my energy yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and and you know you already having the income that you have the investments that you have and everything 
it's like you spend that time with someone. I mean, that's, you know, $500,000 an hour that you're spending with them and they're, you know, paying you 300 bucks and then not doing what you tell them to do on top yeah. of that. It's like, so that's you, gotta be pretty tough. Yeah. You prepare all this stuff and it's like, well, I just couldn't cause of this and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, -uh. like I can't, I can't do that. You know, uh, excuses okay. like just don't fly in my head. A hundred percent. So a lot of uh, leaders in different industries, home services, sales, whatever the case is, you know, this is their next step to, to hire a coach or just to start working out. You know, what are some of the, the pitfalls they need to look for when hiring a coach? So maybe some terminology that they're using or something like that. And you're in, you, in your head, you're like, oh, not this crap again. The biggest like cardinal sin in coaching to me is you know everything. Like if there is a coach that I talk to, because I have a coach, he has a coach. Everybody I know got coaches, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's serious. That they want to, you know, get better because you can't get better on your own. Looking at your self reflection, <laughs> uh, you know, like um, you could tell yourself that, but it, you know, yeah. it works. Um, somebody that knows everything, man. Like it's like the biggest turnoff with the coach. Like, oh yeah, this is how it is. This is this. There's nothing. I'm like, done. I ain't doing that. I want yeah. somebody to be like, man, this is where I've been. I've screwed up a ton, but like, look where I'm at. And I can mm -hmm. get you to where I'm at, but I can't get you further. Are you cool with that? I'm like, I like where you're at. So let me get there, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. I like, I like having abs, you know, so yeah. <laughs> get me to abs and then we'll talk about the next level. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like if you're like Travis, I want to go win Olympia. I'm like, bro, I can't help you. But, yeah. like, I could get you competing and to, yeah. you know, like, we get something like that. <laughs> so what's that? Uh, are you competing right now? Do you plan on competing in the future? I saw some medals, you know what I'm saying? So obviously you've been successful with it. Is this a, a lifestyle for you now? Or was it more just go and accomplish it and then you're moving on to the next thing? Yeah, no, I'm going to keep competing. It's kind of uh, the way I'm wired is I love discipline, man. I love the structure. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can't slip. Like, when you're competing, you can't slip. Or, you know, you just get left behind. So um, I've been competing. Like, I've been competitive for two years. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been working out my whole life. But I've been competitive for two years. And this last competition, um, Ronnie Coleman, I won my – I won one division, my division. And I placed second in two of them. Nice. And I was, like, 5% body fat, just shredded. Exhausted. Yeah, like it was crazy, <laughs> right? So it was cool. I met Ronnie Coleman. He's dope. Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a cool experience. Worked my butt off. Got what I wanted. So now I'm gonna go to nationals. I've been uh, bulking for crap, like seven months, just pounding calories, dude. So like, I mean, yeah, you. I saw your competition pictures, and then I obviously saw you in person at dinner that night, and I'm like, a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, dude, I've gained uh, almost 30 pounds wow. since competition. So we're, you know, hope if I'm lucky, I'll just have to shred down like 13 to 15 of those. That's crazy yeah. to me. That's crazy. But that's like a healthy, that's a, that's a healthy 30 pounds. And then when you shred the 15, that's not necessarily healthy, but it's good for competition. Right. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> the yo-yo is not like, it's not the healthiest thing for your body. Uh, right. But I am eating all whole food, plant-based, like clean, you know, and I'm not doing any drastic moves. It's like 250, well, it is for most people, like 250 yeah. calories, like every week or two I'll add. Just freaking veggies and beans, really, dude. Nothing That's crazy. Fancy. Yeah, just load it up.
So a lot of the reason that people don't switch to diets like that or a diet that's good for them is the time constraint, meal prep, um, the money, right? But more, more than anything, it, it always seems like it comes down to time. Like they use convenience like I am, right? <laughs> so yeah. that hurts them. But, and then you've got, you know, I, I got to imagine VP of an oil and gas company, that's demanding. And then your uh, uh, professional athletes, that's demanding, you know what I'm saying? And then you've got clients that are spending, you know, four figures to coach with you. Um, is that monthly or annually or how does that, that part work? No, I've got a three month program. I put them on. I figured out that. So I had it month to month and it's too easy for them just to say, I'm not interested anymore. So then I lock them in to like three or four months. You can get, you can get a transformation out of them. I'm like, Hey, you're, you, you're paying up front. This is, you have to do this or you're going to lose your money. Yeah. It's just all been like a trial, you know, to just see how I could create the best person, (laughs) you know? So my, my question in all this is all these things require some serious time, some serious discipline. You know, how are you dealing with the time constraints as well as on top of that, the mental, because you're competing at a high level, whether it's in uh, bodybuilding or it's in, you know, as a coach or oil and gas, you know what I mean? I got to imagine that's a high pressure position. So how are you maintaining uh, in terms of your uh, time and then your mental health? Yeah, man. So, um, I get up super early, like probably like 5 a.m. and uh, straight to the gym when I work out. That blows the steam off. That gets what I need to do done for my uh, for my bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, right after that, it's it's a lot of mental stuff, like meditating, working on myself, probably till like 9:30, that kind of stuff. So it's all me for like like four hours to four and a half hours. It's like my self development time. Mm-hmm. and then uh after that it's just straight like oil and gas like i'm just it's super high demand for i don't know most of the day mm-hmm. and i'll get to my my fitness client stuff i'll get to my real estate stuff um real estate's all rentals i do have a broker's license so i do have a lot of clients there also like mm-hmm. commercial clients land clients um, Beautiful. I, yeah i've got um residential clients and then i've got a executive assistant she she does a lot too and then mm-hmm. a couple of boots on the ground and some contracting teams that work on all my projects but i i don't have any like i wish i had like a good answer for you but i just stay super like structured right the day before mm-hmm. this is my list of like stuff that needs to be done this is what has to be done this is what eh. and no matter what don't get stressed because you're not going to sleep well that night then you're going to suck the next day Mm-hmm. like go go get them tiger right like, yeah so you know at, at 60 doors i wouldn't say it's passive but <laughs> the real estate you know is probably the the least workload of those right yeah um so if you had to choose tomorrow you know coach or real estate vp what are you choosing man it would be uh it'd be real estate uh oh, so, I'm sorry, real estate uh oil and gas sorry oil yeah. and gas vp yeah it'd be real estate i enjoy oil and gas i've done it since like like i said mm-hmm. i came up driving trucks sweeping shops like i've done every job at the company that i work for and mm-hmm. they become like my family like the people that own it so like if they weren't involved anymore i'd be pieced out right like in a heartbeat 
but I just, I really enjoy working with them, building with them. And like, it's been cool because we've grown so much since I started there like 12 years ago. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys want to know how to keep top performers like Travis. I mean, he just said it right there. He grew with the company. They obviously have an amazing culture. He doesn't have to keep doing oil and gas. I mean, he can scale real estate, can scale coaching, you know, scale those things, but he stays there because the people. You know what I'm saying? And I, I get that question all the time. How do you get top guys? Well, you don't get them. You recruit them and then you train them and then you build them up and you develop them and then they become top guys. You know, exactly. this whole idea that we can just go out and recruit top people. Yeah. In operations. Sure. You know, COOs, CFOs, those types. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not going to build up a CFO, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but yeah. I am going to build up a CSO or a CMO. Right. And so, um, I just wanted to make that point real quick because, you know, I, I do, I get that question a lot. So what's, what's next for you, brother? I mean, where do you see the happening in the next 10 years? Well, real quick, just to go back to your next deal and then I'll jump forward. Sure. You hit a very important point on the head of what you said. Um, I think some of the best employees, like top performers you get, don't necessarily have to work for you. Right. Like, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to explain myself. So, and I've told the people that are my bosses that don't run the yeah. company. I'm like, I think, I feel like I'm a great asset because I don't need to be here. And, and so I'm not like trying to drain you for a paycheck. I'm oh, constantly trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give as much value as I possibly can because I want to be here whenever yeah. I cannot provide that level of value. I don't need to be here and I'll remove myself, you know, and uh, I think that is a good agreement. A hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause you know that that person is there to provide value, you know, yeah. and, and, and to some people listening or just the general population that may sound absurd, right? Now you're there for a paycheck, you're there for your income, whatever the case is. But again, 60 doors. I mean, if you just do like conservative math, you know, Travis has got a good income, you know what I'm saying? So like he obviously is there for that purpose. Um, and is obviously appreciated for sure. But yeah, um, I would love to know, you know, where do you see this all going from here, especially the coaching business? I feel like that's, you know, that's newer, right? But it has the biggest scaling opportunity outside of real estate. Yeah. So um, I've hired some people in the back end because it's not my strong suit. I can't mm -hmm. do all the funnel, this, that, portals. Like, man. Man, now it's like emails and texts and like we're talking, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I got people building all that for me on the back end. I want to make it more streamlined so it takes less of my time. But I still want to give them the same output, right. but like less less time. More impact per person. Right. Because yeah. right. I'm having to turn folks away and I don't want to do that. But I have put an application in place because I'm like, are you serious? Like, I'm like, no excuses. I'm not, I'm neither the right guy or the wrong guy, but this is how I am, you know, for I you. I love that. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just take your money. Like, this is what we're going to do. Um, so that's how I'd like to scale that business. Uh, real estate, I'm, I'm interviewing some folks to, to hire to help there. I just brought on two agents at our dinner, actually. So that, that'd be a cool. Oh, one. yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like super passive, like, oh, I have my broker's license. Like, yeah, set you up. You're good to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, real estate's changed so much. When I was in it, um, I was part of a um, 300 
home brokerage, right? So our they, uh, it was it was the guy at the top, right? And he had his buyers agents, and then he had listing agents. You know what I'm saying? So it was very segmented, and and we did we had 300 homes listed at any given time, and out of Corpus Christi, Texas, mind you, you know that I little market. I yeah. love this market. No, that market's great. It's a, it, it's one of the strongest rental markets in Texas for sure. That's where I buy all my rentals. Really? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And so um, I saw that version of it, which was very much, you know, he's the rainmaker and then everybody else is kind of like eating on that. Right. And it's just different now with the EXP and, you know, these uh, companies that have kind of come up, they, they're really fostering you to run your own business essentially and, and you do everything inside the business versus paying out this high you know agent what is it uh split fee yeah. and uh expecting them to do it for you you know yeah um so my next big move mm -hmm. is um i'm gonna buy a hundred plus unit uh mobile home park because i've been buying the small small like 20s and stuff like mm -hmm. that um i heard a post the other day but i met like this like nine-year-old investor on a cold call. He's I like, read that. Yeah. That was such a great post. Yeah. Legit, dude. Like I, I always call like these parks. And that's where I found all my private lenders mm -hmm. from cold calling a park. I got yeah. a $800,000 listing today because I cold called the dude that owned a park. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to sell it to you, but I got another one I want you to sell for me. I'm like, cool. You know, done. And you but, know the, you know the game. I know Not the game. Just, um, random realtor with a license. You know? I was like, look, bro. I said, I'm a buyer first. And I'm a broker second. I'm gonna make you yeah. an offer. Don't get pissed at me. I'm gonna tell you what you get. Yeah. I was like, just heads up, it's gonna be half of what we're gonna list it for retail. Yeah. I was like, you give me one or two. We close with this number, or I list for this number. And he liked it. He's like, yeah, dude, that's cool. All right, let's list it. I'm not taking your number, but uh, that's my next big game, man. I want to get into like having the the really big mobile home parks. I, I see a lot a lot of uh, huge wealth being built there in, mm -hmm. in real estate. Like if you look at a bunch of big names right now, they're going towards that direction. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I, so like you can, for a hundred thousand dollars, you could buy 10 mobile homes or you could buy one house. It's just an analogy, but right. Right. Yeah. No, no. A hundred percent. You know, what's funny is, and I'm, I'm going to make this connection now and hopefully it works out for you. But um, my, the, my old boss who I bought my business from, that's what he does now. Now, but he does another one on top of that. So he's got a dealership, a mobile home dealership, right? And then he's yeah. got the park next to it. And then he's got several parks throughout the coastal bend. So he may be somebody that you want to connect with, whether it's just to get that industry experience or to do the same thing you just did with your, your other guy. Yeah. Okay, like, hey, I'll list huge. it for you. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be huge, man. Yeah, I'm gonna get my dealer's license next too. So that's oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, you know, he he he's coming from sales. You know. Uh, anyways, I won't put all his business out there, but you guys can connect and 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 hopefully it's good contact for you. Cool, man. No, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So the last question I always love to ask is, what does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, so there's actually um, legacy property in real estate, okay. right? So legacy property being, and actually this was on a call I was on the other night. It's been on my mind ever since, you know, you're like, you start a single family, you go multi, you go this, you, you work yourself up to a legacy property that can feed your family and their family and their family, like for a long time, for generations. 
So I think that would be amazing to build something like that, that can not only support me comfortably, but that can support generations of me down the road if it needed to be, you mm -hmm. know? So that's really important to me. Um, name is probably the second mm -hmm. uh, biggest thing, right? Like you never, well, personally, I, I don't ever want like any bad things to be associated with my name. So I always like to clear that up. So that's like uh, something super important to me. No, that makes a lot of sense. My two things, man. A hundred percent. No, I, that's one thing that I'm looking at a lot. It's, it's probably not going to be an income producing property. It's probably going to be like a hobby farm, but a sustainable farm. It's more yeah. of a safe haven for my family or my kids or grandkids or whatever the case is, you know, not Yellowstone level, but yeah. 300 and, you know, 340 acres is what I'm looking at right now. 1.9 million, about 5,000 an acre. And it's a mile from my current house. That's you know, awesome. and then there's three other properties that are a mile from that, you know, that are all over 80 to, you know, 200 acres. And it just tripped me out because I'm thinking about this small town of Divine. I want to keep my kids in the school district, you know, and I'm like, there's no way there's a hundred acre property around here. It's just too big. There's too many, you know, three acre uh, properties going up or getting sliced up or whatever from bigger properties. And sure enough, I finally like, you know, I was just at church one day and I got the download, you know what I mean? Hey, look up the freaking properties, dummy, you know, yeah, and sure yeah. enough, a mile down the road was like the most ideal property that I've seen. And it's not uh, cultivated at all. Like it's totally raw, you know what I mean? And so it's exciting to like, all right, I have my sights on it now. I know what I need to put together. I need to find the owner, kind of befriend them a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Start working that deal, you know? You know, I've sold uh, a lot of land in Divine. As really? Well. Yeah, I'm uh, well, that's right. you, you have a property in Divine. Yeah, yeah, I've got a mobile home park. In, I've got a tiny home park and a mobile home park in Divine. I love that area. That's awesome. And well, if you I'm, ever have an issue or something like that, give me a call and I'll go check it out. Heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm friends with one of the most, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest land dealers in Texas. And one of his key areas is Divine, is what's funny. Really? Yeah. So it's not just me that thinks it's like uh, no. awesome. Yeah, it's a awesome. good area. I'm excited about that. Well, that also means I need to make that happen like in the next 12 months or I'm going to miss the boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that area a lot. Yeah, it's 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 nice because, you know, I do have a 40 minute drive to work. You know what I mean? But it's like it's worth it living out there. And the sunsets are just amazing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But anyways, brother. I really appreciate you coming on the show, giving a lot of value, you know, um, a lot of what you're doing right now embodies a great leader. And that's why I always like having guys like you on the show. It gives us a different perspective. You know, it's not all about sales all the time. And so yeah. I appreciate you coming on, sharing that value. If somebody wants to reach out, coaching, real estate, any of that stuff, uh, how do they do that? Uh, Instagram's Travis Clay Wells, Facebook's Travis Wells. I'm usually on there every day. Facebook. All least. right. So. Fantastic. We'll uh, we'll drop the links here. And uh, until then, let's get building. Cool, man. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.